level. You know how the game go. Uh, Cracking seals and counting M's. M's. What I wanna change, folks. Richard Millie Diamonds dancing. Bitch, look at the rain, poke. Used to slam a hundred bags a week. Got that the rain go. Twenty racks for this jacket and got a hundred on me. Racks. Don't make his own rules. He do what the fuck he want, don't he? Dig that. I just gave a brand new Lambo to my little homie. Dig that. VS in my ears, no SIs. That's on God. Yo, 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 welcome, 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 welcome to the Hood Lovely Podcast, I am your gracious host, Mitchell Brown, thank y'all for being here today, tomorrow, this morning, tomorrow morning, whenever, whatever, whenever you listen to this podcast, thank you so much for being here. Uh, please subscribe, rate, and comment if this is your first time listening to the Hood Loves Me podcast. Honestly, if this is your last time listening to the Hood Loves Me podcast, subscribe, rate, and comment anyway. We're on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, all of that wonderful stuff. Um, I would be remiss if I did not start this podcast off on the right note. And um, I want to give uh, a sincere and heartfelt um, rest in power to Jacqueline Foster. Um, if you guys are new here, um, our EP, her name is Ebony, she was instrumental in... Um, this 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 podcast basically i'll say maybe 90 percent of the success that this podcast has had in the first maybe 100 episodes um were was because of her and um unfortunately um her mom miss jackie jacqueline foster uh lost her fight to cancer um not this thir- last Thursday, and um, it was very unfortunate. Uh, she was a great lady. Um, always treated me well. Um, from what I understand, really not the person that anybody would have a problem with. And um, we're at a time in our society where there's so much shit. Right. We got a pandemic that's going on that's killed however many hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, we got police officers, so-called police officers that have killed however many millions of people. We have, um, you know, all, I mean, you know, we got we got we got twin hurricanes attacking the same part of the country. We got shit on fire. We got all, we have all types of calamities that's going on. You forget about the people that are close to us that's struggling with their own shit. Um, so, again, I want to give us sincere, um, heartfelt condolences to the Foster family. And um, you have our love during this extremely difficult time. Especially to EJ, because I, I, I can't imagine... Uh, what that's like. I am somebody, right, that, that, and you guys hear me say this on the pod, but I am extremely fortunate. I'm extremely fortunate in that, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I have experienced death. I mean, um, shit, the, the week that I'm recording this podcast is the 10 year anniversary that, uh, one of my friends was, was murdered. You know what I'm saying? RIP me, bro. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I mean, I mean, I've had people close to me that lost their life, but, you know, I, I, I'm extremely fortunate to have both of my parents that are still, you know, alive. Um, my grandparents, um, I mean, my mother's father um, and my pop-pop, you know, 
they're dead. But uh, you know, all of my grandmothers are still with us. You know what I'm saying? Fuck, knock on wood. Um, but I don't take shit for granted. I don't. I don't. I don't take life for granted. I don't take um, the things that I've been blessed with for granted. Um, you know, I'm the I'm the type of guy that would go outside on a clear night and sit outside in the grass and just look up at the moon. I'm that type of guy. I'm that type of guy that would, you know, just kind of talk about like, wow, man, look at the shade of colors that these flower petals are showing us. I'm that type of guy. Um, because I have been without in my life, right? Like I've been without shit that we take for granted. And, and I mean, I, I, I'm just talking on a superficial level. I've been without fucking electricity, man. I've been without money. I've been without food. You know what I'm saying? I've been without, I mean, I mean minor luxuries like a car and shit. Like, I've been without these things. Um, and now that I'm, I'm, I'm in a, you know, I mean, this is probably the best position in life I've ever been in. I know that, A, I could do so much more. But also, I know that I'll be completely okay if I was so much worse. So, um, I tell people, yeah, I'm hella fortunate and I don't want to discount any of it. And um, it's because I've reached that level where I could come on this podcast and I can make fun of people like Jerry Falwell. And, and his wife. And, and listen, Becky Falwell is getting a bad rap. She's just a liberated woman. And I'm here to tell you from experience, maybe, maybe not, that um, middle-aged white women are sluts. Middle-aged white women are sluts. All right? And I, and I, don't, mean, and I don't mean that in a, in a, in a, to be offensive. But if you are looking for somebody, there are few people on earth more sexually liberated than a married white woman age 43 to 49. Few people more sexually liberated than this woman. A married white woman, particularly a married white woman that resents her marriage. A married white woman with teenage children, oh, forget about it. She's willing to risk it all for a, a, a particularly a soul pole. So when you hear about this Miami pool boy, 20-year-old, 20-something-year-old pool boy, hey, man, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Fuck it. But we judge these people because y'all built up, y'all, y'all, y'all built yourselves up to this pedestal to where though y'all could be judged, right? We only judge Jada Pickett for maybe a week, two weeks for getting some 20-year-old dick. We're going to judge Becky Falwell for a while. We're going to judge her for a while, you know? So strap in, sit back. We got a great podcast coming to y'all um, right after these messages, man. Y'all take it easy. We're going to talk to y'all soon. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the Hood Loves Me podcast. So glad to be here. So glad to be here, man. We've got a whole lot to talk about. I came in here with a whole, I had a whole new, I mean, not new, but I mean, I, it's new now, but I had a whole different agenda. I came in ready to talk about uh, Paul George and the mental health swing that, uh, that, that our society has, has taken. I was going to talk about, you know, I, I mean, I was going to. I was going to suck my own dick a little bit, talk about the growth that I had because I was going to make fun of Paul George. But then I, I, you know, growth. Right. Then I came in um, ready to uh, talk about um, the AT&T girl. What's what's the girl's name? The girl that's on AT&T commercial. Um, The cute little white girl. I remember her name. I think Lala. It's not Lala. That's Carmelo's wife. Um, I don't I don't remember her name. I think Lila. I don't remember her name. But, you know. The, the, you know, the pretty little white girl. 
um, how all of the, I guess, virtual sexual harassment is, um, it's, it is unnecessary. But I also wanted to talk about how, it, how it's so much different from, you guys remember some years ago, that whole street harassment thing, how they tried to make the street harassment thing um, like a black issue, like something that only happened with black guys. And what this woman is experiencing, I mean, it, it, it seems like based off of what she posted everywhere, but she goes on the Internet. Um, guys are talking about her tits, you know what I'm saying? But they're not talking about tits in a way that, you know, it's cool to talk about. tits. They, you know what I'm saying? Milkers is, is, is what they keep. I don't want to say screaming out, but it's all caps and shit on the Internet. Milkers. And I'm curious, you know, when we're going to start talking about these white dudes, the way we talk about black dudes, right? When we going when when we going to have think pieces about white misogyny? How like this girl can't go anywhere on the internet. We ain't even talking about real life. We talking about, you know what I'm saying? She might be on Twitter or whatever, she might like something, comment something or she might, you know what I'm saying? And um all of these um endorsement deals a lot of them come with some type of morality clause. So if some dirtbag piece of shit says something inappropriate to you can't even cuss them out appropriate because that violates your morality clause with your endorser well what's up man when, when we gonna you know what i'm saying where where's where where is the energy to protect this woman from the the savage sexual advances of dirty ass white dudes i mean i feel i feel bad I, I feel bad for her um, because, you know, like I said, she's just minding her. But I mean, I mean, really, I feel bad for all women that um, just be minding their business and niggas be out here on some extra super thirsty, dusty nigga energy bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like all because most women, most women that are that are that are good looking women. Right. They ain't really choose that. Now, I know today is, is a lot of day. It's, it's we're in the day of time where there's a lot of chicks, and this is off topic. This is completely on a, on a, on, on a tangent, right? But there's a lot of chicks where um, they go after a certain look, right? They'll go to whatever country, or if they make enough money, they'll stay in their home country, get whatever surgery that they got to get done. They'll do whatever that they got to do to to uh, genetically modify themselves to enhance they bring these enhancements for more engaged entanglements right um i'm not talking about them right this lily lily is her name this lily girl um she's a nice looking woman um she appears to have a nice shape and i don't believe she chose that right most of us don't choose the bodies that we're in. So for this woman to just want to exist in normative society and, you know, we, not we, they, uh, harass her and bombard her with, with all of these. And I mean, from the slime ball dude aspect of it, they feel like, yo, I don't understand. It's just a compliment. I mean, yes, yeah, me them big gold milkers ain't really a compliment to her. I, I can understand why she may feel like that's not a compliment. Show me your titties. That may not be something that's a compliment. I don't know who needs to hear that, but women don't want to be told to show their titties. Um, now, I mean, unless you have a relationship with this woman, it should go without saying, but nothing goes without saying these days. I say that to say I didn't want to talk about this. Right? I was going to talk about the stupidity of niggas named Daystar. That's the name Daystar. The stupidity of niggas named Daystar. How this Daystar Canadian nigga just blew it for himself and his family. And he he's an embarrassment to his family. I was gonna talk about that. I was gonna talk about uh uh Steve Bannon. Little little continuation on Steve Bannon. But no, because we can't. There's so much that happened. I mean, even the fact 
that you're getting the podcast on this day. The day that I drop it is only because I, because there's so much news that breaks. And I'll be completely honest with you guys. I don't get a lot of my predictions right. You know, and it, it's, it's crazy too because in my regular life, in my usual private life, I get my predictions right like a motherfucker. But I come on here and I make predictions. I make sports predictions that go the opposite way. I make social predictions that go the opposite The predictions I make go the opposite way, right? So I'm debating on whether I should start. All right, fuck it. So we'll start with... Um, We'll start with the conventions. Now, I ain't watched none of the conventions. I ain't watched the Democratic National Convention. I, I mean, like, a minute of it. I didn't watch a minute of it because um, I, don't think that there's, I don't think there's any information that we're going to get from any candidate that's going to change anybody's votes. Right? Like, like, they need to open, like, now that the conventions are over and we know who the candidates are officially, right, aside from the, all of those, like, technicalities, um, they need to let niggas vote now. And I don't mean on no, like, mail and shit, but, like, like let niggas vote now. You know what I'm saying? Because um, most people, and by most people, I'm confident when I say 98% of people that are going to vote know who they're voting for. Now, there may be some people that are undecided about voting, but the people that know who they're voting for, they, 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 they are, they, there's, there's no information that we need. Um, so Nancy Pelosi talked about, oh, I, I wouldn't even dignify it with a debate and all of that. I mean, I don't know who, who's to decide what's not, what's, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, I do know that, um, I watched a little bit of the Republican National Convention, and it is a Trumpster fire over there, boy. It's a. Tr- I'm, I will tell you what I and I, and I I took some notes. I know what happened to the J.P. Morgan Coke vote. Um, and I feel like Trump Jr. would know a little bit more. Did you see Trump Jr.'s face? When he gave his speech, did y'all see his face? Trump Jr. is obviously on cocaine. He obviously has a cocaine. At the very least, he uses cocaine recreationally. It's obvious. You saw his face. You saw his eyes. Yo, homie, look, homie, look. He was zooted and booted, boy. You hear me? And I mean, it like it, it honestly, it looked like it was some primo. We've seen that. Listen, we've seen that look before. If you've ever hung out on Collins Avenue, Ocean Drive, if you've ever been at a, a certain, certain daytime pool party in Vegas. Hung out on a Century Boulevard in L.A. You've seen that look before. You feel what I'm saying? You've seen that look before, man. Um, shout out my homegirl Genesis in you know, Bermuda. You've seen that look before. Um, they had the... Uh, uh, the woman that used to date the governor of California. And listen, we're going to talk about these. Actually, no, I think we did talk about these basketball cats. How there was a, uh, some uh, uh, internal conflict between a lot of these NBA players. And whom they choose to spend their time with. The women that they choose to date. And I don't know if it was the same thing politically, right? Because I believe Donald Trump Jr.'s girlfriend, fiance, maybe even wife, I don't know. I don't want to misquote. And I don't, and I, even though I don't give a shit about these people, I'm really not trying to disrespect these people. I'm really not trying to minimize their union or whatever. Um, but this woman, 
that is in a relationship with Donald Trump Jr. I believe she used to date or she was with Gavin Newsom, the governor of California. And I mean, shit, dude, I didn't, I didn't realize that I got down like that, too, where, I, I mean, is, is, is everybody fucking the same group of chicks? It seems like. But I mean, listen, I don't, I mean, Trump gave a lot of, uh, you know, he talked about whatever usual bullshit he talked about. He did a really good job reading off of the teleprompter. Trump is really, 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 really good at television. And... So much of our news cycle is entertainment. Not a lot of it is based off of facts. You can see how a guy like him can manipulate uh, the populace. But um, he's completely full of shit with what he was saying. And shout out to Daniel Dale. Um, Daniel Dale is a guy that works for CNN. If you're listening to this, you could, you could you know, run, run a Google search for Daniel Dale. Just Daniel Dale fact check and, and you know, the things that president pussy grabber was talking about in his speech daniel dale um eviscerates pretty much you know um but um i wanted to talk about brandy and monica i wanted to talk about brandy and monica they got the new the 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 verses i'm not interested in in in, in this versus i'm not gonna watch this um I mean, I, I mean, Brandy is, Brandy, Brandy is remarkable in terms of vocal talent. Um, I think that her music catalog is extremely underrated. Um, I don't believe Monica has 20 songs like that are Monica songs. She might have songs where, you know, Monica was featured on some shit that Missy did or some shit that Ciara did or maybe songs that Monica wrote if Monica even writes songs. I don't believe she does. Um, but I, yeah, I, I have no interest in this. I go to verses. I want to hear, like, I want energy. I want to hear, like, either deep nostalgia from the stories that that they're telling that you know correlates to the music that's being played, um, bops, shit that's gonna get me out my seat, make me, you know what I mean? Um, and and neither Brandy nor Monica do that, you know. Um, so you know, what I'm saying like Monica's gonna play like nothing personal, never meant to cause you no pain. That uh 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 that right that shit. Um, ask myself over again, what am I doing wrong? That shit. And I mean, Brandy's gonna play, you know, sitting in my room, all that shit. And she's gonna play a whole lot of album cuts that people that listen to her music like. I'm not whatever. I do want to talk about something that relates to media. And it kind of, well, well, not that I thought about it during the P-Valley show. I actually thought about it during Power. And I may have brought it to this podcast before, but um, can we do away with sex scenes? So tired of sex. I mean, as as a kid, I used to love sex scenes because I wouldn't get no sex. But when you become an adult and you start having sex, you realize that the sex that you have as an adult ain't nothing like them lame-ass sex scenes. Um... But the sex scenes is filler, man. I want content, bro. Like, if you're going to give me 46 minutes of a show, I want, I want an action-packed 46 minutes. And we're not getting that, right? So um, I watched the show Lovecraft County, and it's a uh, pretty trippy. Pretty trippy show. There's a lot of... Um, Black American insinuations on that show. And I mean, listen, fuck it. I've been trying to, I've been dancing around the bush. But let's talk about Jacob Blake. Um, If you have been living under a rock this week, what controlled our news cycle? um, There was a uh, police officer. And you know what? You're going to do some good work today, Mitch. You're going to do some good work. We're going to find out the police officer that shot Jacob Blake. Um, because we don't know these officers' names, right? And we only know the victims' names, and that's a problem. All right, so blah, blah, blah. here's what we know about the officer. This was two hours ago. Here's what we know about the officer that shot Jacob. Here we go. Rustin Shushsky? Yeah. Wait a second. 
Wait a second. Wait a second. Okay. All right. Before he was ad- identified as a police officer, when the blah blah blah, Russell pedaled around legs as part of the bike control. Okay, a bike cop. A bike cop shot this man. Uh, Rustin Shesky is the guy's name. So Russ, Russ, Rustin Shesky um, shot 29-year-old Jacob Blake in the back. And this is being reported through CNN by uh, Scott Glover and Casey Tolan. Um, shot Jacob Blake in the back seven times in front of his children and loved ones. But his children were in the car. And um, I, I, I don't believe this officer has been arrested. I don't believe any charges have been filed against this officer. We're going to talk about how this reverberated um, across sports in just a second. Um, I don't have I, I didn't watch the video. Um, as some of you guys know, <laughs> I mean, we're a little late, but fuck, if this is your first time listening to the Hood Loves Me podcast, subscribe, rate, and comment. Um, as some of you guys know, I, I don't volunteer for sadness. So, um, I noticed there was a video going around showing Mr. Blake, uh, getting shot. I'm not here to watch that. I didn't watch the George Floyd video. Um, I haven't watched a black person get murdered in a while now. And, um... Because it's not good. It's not good for our psyche. And I mean, not just as black people, but as human beings. It's not something... I don't think our brains are set up to witness that type of trauma. All right? So, um, I know a little bit about a little bit. And I try to share that information on this podcast with you guys. Um, And I'll tell you what I know. I know that the human brain is conditioned towards survival, right? I had a conversation today, as a matter of fact, with um, a white guy that I know, older white guy that I know, um, and he kind of called me, and, and, and I didn't, I don't think that I'm the nigga that he need to be calling, right? But, you know, some of you guys know what I do for work. I'm the only black guy, eh. I'm the only full-time black guy that's in my office. I'm not the only black guy. I'm the only black guy that's full-time in my office. I'm the only black guy that uh, they would categorize as having a position of leadership in my office. Not that it means anything, because trust me, it doesn't. Um, so this other gentleman in my office calls me today. And he's like, you know, you know, Mitch, I'm not racist. And let me tell you, when a white guy starts a conversation out by saying, I'm not racist, expect some racist shit to come down the pipe right now. White people that are that may not be malicious towards any other race can still say racist shit. All right. And that and, and, and I'm not here to say that that makes them racist or that doesn't make make them racist. Racism to me is about a power system. Um, that's racism. Somebody calling me a nigger ain't racism. Uh, somebody that has the power to stop me from buying a home in a certain neighborhood. That's racism. I don't give a fuck about you thinking whatever you think about me. I don't give a fuck. Let me be very, very clear. And this is for, our, this is for you black people also because I've had black people that have listened to this podcast and they say, oh my God, you curse too much. And let me tell you, I don't give a fuck about that. Right. One of the things that I wanted to talk about was I wanted to talk about Joe Button. I wanted to talk about Joe Button and the issues that Joe Button has with his podcast and how um, we've set up this podcast to where as though we won't have those issues that he's facing. I have to be measured. I have to be polished. I have to be. I have to code switch. In my usual life. This podcast, I don't do this podcast for, um, for enterprise. I lose money on this podcast. I would almost say that this podcast is therapy. Granted, I don't say all of the things that I want to say on this podcast um, because it's on the internet and this shit is forever. 
But I don't give a fuck about what any of you people think of me. Least of all, you strangers. Um, 2020 has taught me that um, I could thrive and I could survive without people that I thought was, were pivotal in my life. I don't need them. Um, I'm happy with the support system that I have. Um, I love the people that I have in my life. And I hope that they love me back. And um, if you're listening to this podcast because you're a fan and you agree with the shit that I say, I'm so glad that you're here. And if you listen to this podcast because you think I'm a scumbag motherfucker without a soul who don't know shit about boxing, hopefully I can change your mind. But if I can't, I'm still glad that you're here. Right. Um, But I don't give a fuck what you think about me. And if you are somebody that can watch a video of a man, white, black, or otherwise, but particularly, in this case, a black man, who is walking away from a situation to get inside of his car, and I don't give a fuck if he had a knife in his car. I don't give a fuck what he had in his car. Let let me say that again in case you didn't hear me. I could give a squirrel fart. About what this man had in his, in his car. I know that this guy was not going to start, start no shit reaching in his car when his children were in his car. So for you sh- to shoot this man seven times in the back in front of his children. If you are somebody that is not in a hundred percent agreement. That this was an attempted murder. We got nothing to talk about. You don't respect my humanity. And we have nothing to talk about. You feel what I'm saying? Anybody else and anywhere in America. If that shit is on video where I'm walking behind you, me, my big black ass. I'm 6'3", 250 pounds of pissed off nigga. Right. If I'm walking behind you after a discussion, a disagreement, an argument, whatever. And you get in your car and I don't allow you to close your door. Instead, I stand in the door path. And I put seven holes in you from my sidearm. Going to jail for attempted murder, bro. Right. The fact that I had to look up the name of um, Rustin. Shesky tells me all I need to know about the system of white supremacy that we live in in this country. And the gentleman that I was speaking to, um, he was like, I don't understand what these what what these guys are so mad about. The the riots and the this and the that and the this. And and again, this guy is successful. He's an older gentleman, has grown children. And I refuse to believe that you don't know. But for those that don't know, let's talk about some of the shit that you don't know. Now, I have not spoken to anybody that plays for the National Basketball Association. I don't believe I know. I don't think I know anybody. Um, no. Like, Dante don't play in the league. And, um... I might know somebody that plays for the Kings. I might. Well, shit, you know what? Let's just say I don't, because I ain't, I, ain't, I ain't talked to that nigga in three years. That's how I don't even know where the fuck he works. But, um... Shit, lost my train of thought that fucking fast. God damn it. Ah. There's a system of white supremacy that we live in as black Americans. Okay? And I find it insulting um, when... You know, the attorney general of Kentucky is giving speeches at the Republican National Convention when the murderers that killed that woman, Breonna Taylor, in her bed, in her home, in the middle of the night on some sneak sucker, whole nigga, bitch ass shit, are still out here enjoying freedom. That don't rub me the right way, because that was something that that was a part of the conversation where homie was saying, yo, 
we got black politicians, we got black this, we got black that. Why are these people not helping their people? And I think, and, and it, it's something that black people um, say amongst black people, all kinfolk ain't skinfolk, or all skinfolk ain't kinfolk, rather, right? But um, I think that that's something that, you know, wh- white people choose to ignore. Because in the same breath, um, this guy talked about his sister. And he called his sister a whore. Now, I'm an only child. I don't have any siblings. Um, I have female friends that I love very much, that um, I love like sisters. Um, I have a niece who, I mean, granted, I just said I don't have any siblings, but, you know, she's one of my best friends. She's my best friend's daughter. Um, but I don't know what it will be like to actually have a blood sister or a blood brother or whatever, sibling. I don't I don't I, I probably never experienced that in my life. Um, so when he called his sister a whore, I was like, oh, wow. And now he called his sister a whore because his sister has five children by five different men. And um, she doesn't want to take care of her kids. Now, that's their family business. I'm not here to talk about their family business. I just know that I'm not that if I had a sister, I'm not calling my sister a whore. As black people, we all have people in our family that maybe don't make the best choices. Um, but I'm not talking bad about them in front of y'all. I'll talk bad about my Uncle Mark in front of the family. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not talking bad about my Uncle Mark in front of y'all, least of all in front of y'all white people. All right, so homie starts telling me about his whore sister. These are his words, not mine. I never met this woman. Um, and honestly, I don't particularly enjoy calling women whores um because whores show me exciting times or have shown me exciting times let me let me phrase that then um and i'm grateful for those exciting uh, exciteful times but anywho he was talking about his sister and his this that and the third and blah 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 boom 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 and he was saying how family is very important to him throughout his history throughout his life and he told me about his um uh, his Italian grandfather that came over here in 1910 and still these um, family issues, family values in him and blah, blah, blah. And that's wonderful. And I asked him, I said, well, listen, bro, what if there was a system in place that. Um, they took your grandfather away from your great grandmother. And they sold your grandfather. Because he was a commodity. Would you feel like this country owed you a debt? And I may have talked about it on here. I may not have. But fuck it. We'll talk about it today. The, the, I've been able to track my family back to 1837. Um, and that's only the maternal side of my family because my father, unfortunately, never knew his father. So 1837 is about as far as I could go back. Right? And I hear about all of these people, all of these white people from Italy, from Ireland, all these, all these, all these, all these European-Americans that um took all my 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 granddad my grandma my grand whomever came over here in 19 whatever dirt poor and they built it for themselves and i asked him i was like yeah bro listen man if if your grandfather joined the navy and he fought in world war one he fought in world war two he fought in vietnam war he fought in the korean war he fought in any war and he came home from serving his country valiantly and he wanted to buy a steak at a restaurant. Would he be able to? He said, oh, yeah, for sure. I said, yeah, my fucking uncle wouldn't have. My grandfather would not have been able to go into any restaurant. And that wrong has never been corrected by our government. So when you look at these pro athletes... And why these NBA players walk off the, not, not I'm going to say walk off the floor, but why they chose not to participate for any length of time. Let me be clear. I'm not here to judge these men and, and women for how long they chose not to participate. And I'm going to talk about that, too, why some of y'all need to chill the fuck out. For any length of time, I'm not here to speak against what these people have done. I support that. 
because I'm assuming, and these are my assumptions, and you're here listening to this podcast because you give a little bit of fuck about of my opinion. So these people, these men and women, chose to go into the bubble and sacrifice time away from their family, away from things that they planned on doing, okay? Because NBA players, they plan their entire lives around the offseason. The offseason is now, all right? So if my sister wants to get married and she wants me to be at her wedding and I play for the Celtics, Hey, had that wedding in July, had that wedding in August, I'd be able to make it. Know what I'm saying? Everything about these people's lives, they try to cram into these two, three months. Right? I'm not somebody that commodifies our athletes. I don't think that they're exceptional people. They're just exceptional at their job. Right? So I talked earlier about Paul George, how I was coming in ready to castigate, ready to have these jokes against playoff P. And then I listened to Paul George and I listened to Paul George's coach. And they talked about the uh, kind of uh, the isolation that he felt, right, being in this bubble. And how we took this agreement, bro, we took this agreement because we all need to get this money and we thought that we had partnerships. We thought... That y'all supported us. We thought that y'all supported our fight. That y'all were here for us. We thought that y'all had our back. And while we're here, we gotta be, what we have to have shoved in our faces is a video of a man getting shot seven times by an officer in front of his children, in the back. And I haven't even begun to talk about this Kyle Rittenhouse asshole. Haven't begun to talk about that. I was ready to, to, to jump down because Paul George said, oh, man, you don't understand. You know what I mean? The comments and this, that, and third. Uh, but I was about to say, nigga, man up, nigga. But I remember, you know, my, my brief little diminutive, worthless athletic career that I had compared to Paul George. Paul George is exceeding way better at my job, exceedingly better at his job than I am at mine. And I remember, you know, like I still think about the interception that I dropped my junior year. I still think about that. I still think about those four free throws I missed, five free throws rather, that I missed in the fourth quarter against Long Branch my junior year. I still think about that shit. So, so like, you know what I'm saying? If this is something that I think about, I, I don't even, like, I was like, yo, how the fuck is you judging this nigga because he disabled his Instagram comments? This is a conversation I have with myself. We're talking about growth here, ladies and gentlemen. Growth. And I was like, yeah, you know what? Wow, this motherfucker's out. He's away from the support of his family, right? I remember um, one columnist that I enjoy. I'm not going to say his name because his podcast gets more listens than mine, so fuck him. But he talked about some athlete that he was covering and how... Um, Homie had a poor performance, and he sat in the locker room alone for 45 minutes. And the next day, he asked me, he was like, yo, why was you sitting in there so long for so long? Uh, excuse me, why are you sitting in there so alone for so long? And he says, because after tonight, I can no longer think. I got to put this out of my mind. And the game that Paul George had in his most recent game, as, as, I'm, as I'm recording this, I have no idea... I know the players are going to go back to work. I have no idea when, as I'm recording this. Okay? And I was going to record before I learned that they were going back to work. So as I'm recording this, they're going back to work. I don't know when. Maybe you will know when by the time you listen to this podcast. Okay? So stay the fuck out of my mentions. Um, But Paul George responded like a champion. I believe he had 35 points in 25 minutes or something like that. I mean, he's, he's, he did something no nobody else has ever done. And congratulations to him. Kudos to him. But that's not a story. Right? The story is these guys... It's crazy how we come up with what we want our athletes to be. Or at least we judge our athletes for not being whatever we want them to be. Then they be what we want them to be. Then we, 
Nah, my nigga, it ain't good enough. These guys signed agreements. They have partnerships. And if they were being told what to do, I would agree with some of you. Right? Because I am somebody who I don't like to be told what to do. I've taken measures in my life to where as though nobody, and I mean this shit, nobody can tell me what to do. All right? And there, is, there is not a single person on this fucking planet that can tell me what to do. They can make suggestions. They can make a request, offer advice, but I cannot be told what to do. And I am so proud of that fact, even though that has cost me from a financial sense. I could have more money today going along with somebody else's program than if I went it on my own. All right. And I'm OK with that, ladies and gentlemen. I'm OK with that. OK. Um, so for 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 all of the success that LeBron James has, keep in mind, the Clippers and the Lakers were the only teams to vote to leave the bubble. OK. Now, 26 year old Mitch, I would have probably left the bubble like, fuck it, burn this shit down. Fuck all these motherfuckers. 36-year-old Mitch is a little bit more level-headed, okay? So when you talk about how, excuse me, and why these guys chose to stay, I'm assuming it's because of the financial ramifications of it. I'm assuming because, you know, not everybody in the NBA makes money like LeBron and Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. Anthony Davis, Damian Lillard, Steph Curry. Not everybody in the NBA makes money like these gentlemen do. Some guys need these bubble checks. Um, when we talk about these athletes and entertainers and you know, they lose their money for whatever reason, we judge them for it, but we don't know whose bills they're paying. There's so many things we just don't know about these people. Where it's unfair for us to even offer our opinions, let alone our judgment. But I'm not here to talk about that. They were calling it a boy uh, a boycott, a boycott. Some people are calling it a strike. I'll say non-participation. I'm here for the non-participation because I am somebody that has been known to not participate in the past. And I do not participate in shit that I don't see a benefit for myself or my people in. Right? Ladies and gentlemen, I hope that this podcast becomes extremely successful. One could argue that I could do more to help influence that success. I just have other things on my plate at the moment. Sorry. Um, But I can tell you this. That um, when Joe Button talks about his issues with Spotify... And how he talks about he has a license deal with Spotify where someone like a Bill Simmons sold his company to Spotify. We're not selling. I believe in ownership. I believe in black ownership. And I believe in owning my shit, especially shit that I poured my sweat into. You guys heard me talk about um, some of our family, some of the people that were, you know, very instrumental still instrumental in this podcast today be it um from a distance most times um but listen i'm this podcast ain't nothing without people like ej without people like miss jackie you know what i'm saying like like this podcast like ain't it not nothing without y'all listening to it you know what i'm saying i mean like i have People that reach out to me that I know personally that reach out to me and they say, yo, man, talk about this on the pod. Talk about that on the pod. You need to talk more about 
talk more about our shit, talk more about our slang and our jokes and all that. And, and I appreciate that, yo. Um, cause there's times when I don't want to, I don't want to do this. There's times where I'm discouraged by doing this. There's times where I feel like it's not important that I do this. And then I think about how, how fortunate I am to be able to do this. To come here every week or so, whatever, and just vent and just talk about, you know, the shit that went on in my country that affects me. And even though I didn't see this video, this shit affects me, man. Right? I mean... When the president publicly states, oh, man, the NBA is a political organization now. Yo, bro, it's not, man. And for you people that take it like every, like, come on, man. It, it's not. What is we talking about? NBA is a political organization. Most of the niggas in the NBA not even old enough to run for president. Let's, like, let's be real with what we talking about. A lot of these brothers are from the communities that Jacob Blake is from, that George Floyd is from, that Eric Garner is from, that Breonna Taylor is from, that Rakia Boyd is from, that Tamir Rice is from, that Alton Sterling is from, that Mike Brown is from. You know what I'm saying? That Trayvon Martin is from, that Oscar Grant is from. Right? They're from these communities that Gary Deloach is from. They're from these communities. And the only leverage that they have is literally the equity that's in their sweat. A lot of these guys, most of these guys, are smart enough to realize that you would not give a shit about them if they were not good at entertaining you. Okay. So when you look at what these players are doing, when they say, oh, well, what do they want to have done? Well, I know that the Milwaukee Bucks, it's been reported that the Milwaukee Bucks, when they didn't come out for their game five against the Orlando Magic, that they were trying to get people from the legislature of Wisconsin on the phone. Okay. I know that Malcolm Brogdon, shooting guard for the Indiana Pacers, I know that he has a master's degree, I believe, in policy or political science. But, but uh, he earned a master's degree from the University of Virginia. Right? I know that these people, many of these people, even if they left school early, have been able to go back and, and earn their degrees in whatever expertise they felt like pursuing. I know that there is an outstandingly credible woman by the name of Michelle Roberts, who was the head of the Players Association. And I know that Michelle Roberts ain't nothing soft about her. So I know that she's going to make sure that her players make whatever decisions that they make with all of the necessary information. Okay. And I know that uh, some of us are talking about Patrick Beverly and the things that Patrick Beverly may or may not have said in this meeting with Michelle Roberts and do not allow them to spin that into some type of misogyny or black men, whatever the fuck. That's some, that's some Pat Beverly shit. And we could talk about why Pat Beverly is as crass as Pat Beverly is once we talk about the systems that are put in place as to why Pat Beverly had to grow up in, in, in that environment that he grew up in and why Pat Beverly has to be this way and why he had to be this way in order to survive. Because if he did not play professional basketball, he would have to have, he would have to have this rough exterior in order to survive in the environment in which he was brought up in. We can talk about the systems that are put in place that molds and creates people to behave this way. If you want. But I'm not going to talk about that now. 
right? We could talk about Jared Kushner being full of shit and saying that he wants to have a meeting with LeBron to bring about real substantive change. And let me tell you something. If I'm LeBron, I'm forwarding that directly to the president of my union and Michelle Roberts. Because if your father-in-law feels like that we're a political organization, then my nigga, you don't need to talk to anybody that's at an entry-level position. Granted, LeBron is at the top of the entry-level positions, but the players are entry-level positions when we're talking about the structure of the NBA. Okay? Jared Kushner should not want to meet with any individual players regardless of how much sting this player has. Jared Kushner should want to meet with Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, or Michelle Roberts, the president of the Players Association, of, 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 of the National Basketball Players Association. That's what I would do if I was LeBron. All right? But the leadership of this black league is what I want to talk about, right? Because this is very commendable. The fact that these brothers was willing to put a, a, a paycheck on the line regardless of how long. As well as, and, and I want to be very clear, as well as the white people that were true allies. And I'm talking about Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, has shown outstanding leadership, in my opinion, throughout this whole process. Right? He has been able to work with these players from a position of partnership. To where it's like, yo, bro, we're in this shit together. Not like how the NFL chooses to conduct business. Well, y'all niggas gonna do what we say because I'm white and I say so. Shout out to Jerry Jones. Hi, Jerry. So I commend, I, I commend Adam Silver. I almost called him Alex Silver. I commend Adam Silver for that. And that's probably why the, the league is, is the season is gonna continue. That's why they, that they've had success, because they have, they've had leadership. Leadership that's lacking in the National Football League. Leadership that's lacking in Major League Baseball. Leadership that's lacking in the Women's Tennis Association. Okay? Because we've seen reverberations. We've seen the ripple effect of these players literally walking off the court and not showing up for games. Right? The Milwaukee Bucks did it. And I don't believe that the Milwaukee Bucks did it without telling anybody. They did it and they didn't even tell the team that they was playing against. And the Orlando Magic, better than me, because I would have took that forfeit, said, no, nah, we don't want your forfeit. We're we, we not really here either. And then other teams that were supposed to play, yeah, we ain't playing tonight either. And then the owners of these clubs got behind that. Yeah, you know what? Fuck it. I thought that we was playing tonight, but we're not playing tonight. And I support my players. The players that want to play, I support them. Fuck it. And then the guys at the next day was like, yeah, hey, man, hey, I guess if my homies ain't showing up, we ain't showing up either. A total of 34 games in one, two, three, four sports leagues. Shout out to Naomi Osaka. Talk about allies, right? Her parents are Japanese and Haitian. And you could talk to people from Haiti. Some people from Haiti identify as black. Some of them don't. I'm going to let them Haitians talk about that. Naomi Osaka was like, Yo, you know what? Fuck this shit. I ain't, I, I'm not doing my tennis match either. And somebody pointed me. Uh, somebody had asked me, yo, go look at the header on the Twitter account of the WTA. In fact, people that listen to this, go to hop on your Twitter account and go to at WTA. And just go look at the header and see if any of those women look like the face of women's tennis over the last three decades right but the black league the league that they tell us nobody watches the league that they tell us you know nobody gives a shit about continuously sets the trend in sports to the point where major league baseball we had an owner and i and i excuse me a general manager and i don't want to say the guy's name wrong so let me um New York Mets general manager. New York Mets GM. Brody Von Wagenen. Van Wagenen. Brody Van Wagenen um, was caught on a live microphone. 
And he was caught questioning the leadership of the baseball commissioner, Rob Manfred. And he criticized Rob by saying, he was like, yo, man, like, like Rob was saying, all right, cool, the player's going to go out and do the little, like, demonstration. The game was supposed to start at 7-10. We'll, we'll postpone it to 8-10. Cool. And he's like, yo, like, Rob just doesn't get it. And he was caught on a hot microphone. And the owners of the Mets, and we can argue over the competency that they have, but they're probably unimpressive white guys who got duped by Bernie Madoff and couldn't make their payroll. They're in the largest media market in North America, and they run their fucking baseball team like a farm team. They're a, they're a laughing stock of professional sports. And, and it, when you look at ownership on all of these levels, it's a complete lack of incompetence on most managerial and leadership levels. And that's why these clubs never succeed. And I'm talking about Fred Wilpon, the owner of the New York Mets. I'm talking about Fred Wilpon. And Fred Wilpon has a brother Richard Wilpon. I'm talking about Fred and Richard and Jeff Wilpon. I'm talking about you fuckers. I'm talking about all of you. Fuck, because you're largely incompetent, in my opinion. It's a clown show. This is so New York Mets. Towards your owner or former agent. And I mean, listen, I'm not here to shoot uh, Van Wagenen no bail. I don't know nothing about Van Wagenen. I don't know nothing about him at all. I know he got enough sense to say, yo, bro, I know that this ain't it. I know that this shit ain't going to fly with our, with our players and with our society. This shit is not going to fly. And he'll, he'll get whatever consequence he gets, and that's his business. And I, you know, I'm not here to defend that motherfucker. I'm just saying, where's the leadership? Right? Because leadership is Michelle Roberts. Going to the players and saying, yo, bro, hey, listen, this is, um, these are the consequences if we leave this bubble. I want you guys to make this decision with all of the information. It's leadership when Adam Silver says, hey, guys, listen, um, I want you guys to make the decision with all of the information. And I already talked to the owners and whatever you guys decide to do, we have, you have our support. That's leadership. That is leadership. You know what I'm saying? That's leadership to me. Leaders are do-it-first people. What's not leadership? What's not leadership is opening schools for everybody else and keeping your kids at home. That is not leadership. But that's where we at. We opened up the kid, we, uh, these schools. And uh, I, mean, I mean, I'm just going off of college. I don't know what the public schools testing shit are, but I know University of Alabama, 500-some tests. School newspapers at the University of North Carolina, the headline saying this is a shit show. I know that people are not happy with the leadership at their institutions. I know that they're not. I know based off of people that I've spoken to in my professional life, clients that I have that work in the public school systems, they are not happy with their leadership. I'm happy with this tequila. They are not happy with their leadership. And, um, yeah, tough titty. It's fucked up. It's fucked up that they're not happy with their leadership, but that's what it is. And unfortunately, that's the cost of freedom. Mostly. That's the cost. Right? When you don't want to... Listen... Freedom is all about responsibility. And when you don't want to take that responsibility, you put that responsibility in somebody else's hands. You got to deal with whatever those consequences are. I didn't want to deal with anybody else's decisions. I wanted to deal with mine. Right. So it's, it's unfortunate that, you know, our school teachers and principals and fucking educators have been lied to into this inflated sense of importance that our politicians say that they have, but they don't pay them like they're important and they're absolutely not treating them like they're important, right? I've seen, I mean, all of these clips, all of these pictures of um, teachers with their COVID-19 setups and all that to protect themselves. 
And the shit's not funny, man. People are fucking dying. And we should not have people in this position to do this. We see the fragility of it. The fragility of our society. And I have not even begun to talk about Hurricane Laura and the other one. The the, the hurricanes that's fucking the southeastern part of the United States up right now. I don't. I. I haven't. I haven't even begun to look at the damage, the life loss. I haven't even begun to do that. It's just so much. And, 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 shout out all my people in California. California's on fire. It's too much. It's too much. So what I'm saying. It's too much. There's a lot of shit going on right now. And do not be afraid, ladies and gentlemen, to check out. If you got to take a day, right? We we took a week. We took, I mean, and and we take weeks. We took a week. We had some very terrible news that affected us at a major way. And we were not in any position mentally to come in here and do this. And every time I need to, or somebody involved in, with the production of this podcast needs to, you yeah, fuck it, we'll do it. Because what's more important? What's more important than our life? What's more important than our health? What's more important than our family? What's more important? You know what I'm saying? And so many people are forced to sacrifice themselves, their family, their children, their health for a paycheck, for a company, shit, for a country, only to not have it reciprocated. And in my opinion, that sucks, ladies and gentlemen. That fucking sucks. You know? Um... I mean, shit, man. It, I mean, there's so much more to talk about, but we're we're you know close to an hour in. I just quit while I'm ahead, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining the Hood Loves Me podcast. Um, again, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, subscribe, rate, and comment. We're on hella platforms. Um, I want to give. Uh, Rest in power to Jacqueline Foster. Um, and my sincere condolences to the entire Foster family, um, to EJ. Uh, you know, we love you, Miss Jackie. We love you, EJ. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's uh, I mean, you know, as small as that is. Hopefully, uh, you know, the family can appreciate that token. Um, yeah, man, listen, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Um, take care of your family. And uh, we'll be back to talk to you next week. It's a holiday coming. Damn, it's a holiday coming up. Back to talk to you next week, man. Y'all take it easy. Yeet it.